cliffcentral.com Future CEOs on cliffcentral.com Good afternoon, everybody. Unplugged and in charge, always stealing time for my show. Hello, everybody out there. My name is Luby Moya Arnold, and welcome to Future CEOs. This is, if this is your first time listening to the show, this show is all about helping ambitious entrepreneurs grow their business and fast track their careers, and also to those high potential executives, helping them to advocate, to amplify, and to catalyze entrepreneurship. In studio today, I'm so excited. I love women. Yes. Guys, my cheetah out there, it's not excluding you in the conversation. This is including women in every single sphere of society. So without any further ado, we've got 20 minutes to go and I've got two fantastic women right here in studio with me. And we're going to talk about women being architects of society. What does it mean to be an architect of society? Do we as women have the capacity to be an architect of society? Do we have leadership skills to be architects of our society? We're going to discuss this and a lot more things into the show. So without any further ado, let's start with you, Kelly. Okay, my name is Kela Bukhile Ramokhupa and I'm a lecturer at the Suhana University of Technology specializing yes. in marketing, advertising and sales promotions and consumer behavior. Wow, busy woman you are. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us it's on the show. Pleasure. We met at Lionesses of Africa. Yes, we did. And that was really a conference about women all over the continent taking charge and motivating and inspiring other women on the continent. How did you feel about that day? I was so excited to actually be part of the conference because I managed to network so much with other phenomenal women out there. You know, um, being part of the Lionesses of Africa network actually showed me that a lot of women are doing magical things out there and it's time that we use our skills to harness our potential and to empower other women out there and other girls as well. Without any further ado, Colette Crichton. Did I pronounce it? Crichton. Crichton. Yep. <laughs> Introduce yourself and what you do and why do you think I pulled you into studio today? Gosh, thank you so much, Luby, for the invitation to be here today. Um, so I am a corporate governance professional, and I know it sounds terribly unsexy, but, um, you know, the way that I work with my clients, and most of them are SMEs, um, is to really show them that um, there is a, a way of simplifying uh, legislation and compliance. Correct. So that small businesses and growing businesses in South Africa can actually cope with, uh, you know, the myriad of uh, legislation that's out there in the business environment. Um, we connected, I think, at, at LOA. Yes. Is, uh, what did you think of that medium and that forum oh, and those It was so energy. powerful. It was absolutely amazing. It was such an empowering day and so... Um, motivating just in yeah. terms of, you know, we, we, we are women that need to support each other I in know, business I know. and we can learn so much from each other because each and every one of us has had a different journey. So, you know, I mean, even from an age perspective, you Correct. know, I'm, I'm what uh, lionesses of Africa call an, uh, an encore entrepreneur. What does um, that mean? Pretty much an entrepreneur that really moved into the space, uh, in la- their late forties. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Nothing yep. wrong with that. No. And I never thought I had an entrepreneur in, uh, entrepreneur inside me. I didn't come from an entrepreneurial family. You know what? On that note, tell us a bit about your journey as an entrepreneur. Okay. So I've been an entrepreneur now for just over five years. I spent many, many years in corporate environments, absolutely loved it, learned a lot. Um, but really in my mid-40s, I started realizing that there was lots of stuff that I could do on my own. And I was in a position where I was networking a lot with entrepreneurs and I just... You know, I just decided to take that leap of faith and just leave corporate, start my own business. It's been a very, very tough 
and long, hard five years. Having said that, I would... I would not give up what I'm doing and where I am for anything. It's It's been a journey that has changed me so much and made me um, a very different person, much stronger, much more business savvy. Mm. And, you know, just the excitement in life and the fact that I'm the master of my own destiny now. Kayla, your entrepreneurial journey. Okay. Um, sure. My journey started well where I started working at the university and um, I identified certain opportunities within the university where I got to interact with a lot of students because as a lecturer you deal you do deal with students on a day-to-day basis and identify niches and gaps within the academic in, um, industry where we can actually use our students and empower them you know through us being the lecturers and stuff so then um, I established um, a couple of initiatives like Se- Secrets of Sisterhood where I mentor the young girl, the young university girl and the young high school girl and I help them develop their personal brands and just deal with the social pressures that they're faced with and you know how to just cope and just you know have a mentor and have a support structure and then after that then um, also at the university with the kids that I work with um, I have the Grooming the Future Marketers Initiative where I'm busy grooming the future marketers of the industry you know on writing your CVs on developing your personal brand on you know liaising with the industry on starting up your business and entrepreneurship And that is where now I come in as a social entrepreneur because I just believe that, um, I have the, I have got the platform. I've got the market. You know, why don't I just harness it instead of just sitting there and thinking, okay, I'm just going to lecture and then go home. But there is so much that potential that our students have and they just need someone to just harness it and, you know, bring it out of them. And that is what I enjoy doing right now. And it's, it's, it's life changing because it's not only about me as a lecturer or as an entrepreneur or whatever. It's, what I'm gaining from my students as well, which is life-changing because our students and our girls have so much potential that needs to be harnessed. And that is what makes, you know, my journey so special because I get to learn so much from each and every single one of them that I interact with. You know what? I think deep in eight and all of us as men and women, we've got this deep desire to make a difference in the world, yeah. no matter how big and how small. What makes a true architect of change uh, Colette, I mean, I think you are an architect of change because you want to move the BE Simplified, your book about legislation, into schools. I love that. And into black-owned businesses, especially female-owned businesses. What characteristics do you identify in yourself of being an architect of change? Luby, uh, that's a great question. And I think that for me, it's all about being able to think differently. Um, you know, not look at how things have all, always been done and say, Love well, that. that's the way they've always, always been done. You know, we, we need to have the courage to actually think differently um, and to, to see how the world is changing around us. You know, with, uh, with the internet and social media and all of those things, there are so many aspects of business that are just changing at an, a rate of knots. And if we don't stay current with what is happening in the rest of the world, we're going to really, you know, sadly lag behind. Um, yes, you mentioned my book, which is The Bee Simplified. So I co-authored that book last year um, with a lady who's an advocate here in South Africa. We launched it late 2015, and it's written around the latest BEE legislation. 
um, we decided we were going to create something that looks nothing like legislation. And you've seen the I've book, seen so. the book. It, it actually looks like something for a, a young teenager to read. You know what I mean? Because it's yes. so accessible and visually stimulating like that. Absolutely. So we decided to lose, use lots of color. We've yes. got a, a group of entrepreneurs um, who are quintessential South African characters that we've created. Um, our creative team were actually our collective children. So <laughs> love it. You see, women, women, women. They bring in the whole family, you know? Yes. And we Correct. were saying to our children, Jane, my, my business partner who co-authored the book with me, we were saying to our children, you know, once you had your mothers as your bosses, anybody else will be a walk in the park. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> Correct. So it was a great journey and I think they learned a lot, but we really wanted to create a publication that is really, as you say, accessible, written in plain English, uh, legislation. We all know what it looks like and what it sounds like and none of it's really that understandable to, um, the person in the street. Mm. And yet there are many, so many of those people in the street who are now needing to become entrepreneurs in order to, um, you know, take, take a lead in their own lives in terms of where they're going. So we wanted to make um, a publication available to all of those people and including school leavers that was going to be engaging and um, from, you know, uh, an understanding point of view, very much uh, open to everybody understanding if they want to become an entrepreneur, if they want to avail of skills development type training, what a great book. you know, through large corporates as a school leaver. A so we've tried to position all of that so that um, there's something in the book that will actually speak to each and every reader. Being an architect of change, creative simplicity, all That's women, it. all female. All female. Yes, please. Yes, woman power. Yes, tell us about that. <laughs> so um, I was actually very fortunate that in 2013 I was selected as one of the Goldman Sachs 10,000 women across the world. So we... Oh, thank you. Your we, time is coming, Kela. You know you're coming, yeah? <laughs> we, were, uh, we were selected. Um, there were 340 of us in South Africa. We were selected um, to be, you know, to to. to have the scholarship opportunity through Goldman Sachs. Um, we were uh, put through a program at Gibbs Uni University uh, a School of Business and um, it was through there that I met my business partner, advocate Jane Afasami, because she was one of our lecturers and she's also a governance geek like me, so we completely just related to each other Correct. immediately yeah. and we decided that because we have both got experience in the BEE space that we needed to do something that was going to be just different and 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 really unique and as far as I know it's the only publication of its kind in the market Architect oh. of Change Gela, <laughs> you know what you're working in the university student environment that's high energy that's high turnover of emotions and passion as we've yeah. seen over the last year and obviously that's the space where social media is that's the engine of social yes, media it is. so as an architect of change what do you believe are new ways and new approaches and dealing with Kids who've got that entrepreneurial spirit or, or kids who really want to define their own destiny. But sometimes, as we've seen in 2016, um, don't have the access to do that. And I know you're big on platforms and access, especially for young girls. Okay. Um, what? Okay. My perspective is mm. that with dealing with the students, 
open up to the students because um, they have so much to share with you and allow them to utilize the potential. You get the student that believes that they're not going to be anything because of the background that they come from, but for them to have made it this far, it means that there is something bigger in them. So you need to harness that talent and you need to actually bring it out of them and just offer a lending ear at times because sometimes, you know, a student wants to pitch a business idea that they're too scared to pitch to anyone else and they're scared of being brought down, but just saying to them, you know what, nothing is ever too small or nothing is ever too big. Pitch it to me. Let's see how we're going to refine it and let's see where it takes you. And because of that, um, I've seen so many of my marketing students and so many of my, my advertising students where they've actually pitched business ideas and some of them are, are already starting up now. You know, I've got about seven that are running as it is at this point in time because of the fact that, you know what, as a lecturer and as a mentor as well, I've just opened up my platform to say, you know what, guys, come up, let's talk, you know, in class. It's not about just standing there and lecturing. It's just about, you know, having dialogue and debating and asking them what is happening in the industry because this industry that you're in right now, you are going to be leading it in the future. What changes are you going to be making? Um, you know, you need to be entrepreneurs because not everybody's going to get a job in the industry. What is your passion? What are you, what, what do you love? You know, what are you good at selling? If you are good at baking, why don't you just start selling donuts or biscuits or something on campus and start making that money that can actually help, you know, um, you know, really leave your fees and leave your parents as well. And it's, it's just about creating that safe space for the students to come in and say, you know what, ma'am, I've got this and that problem. Can you please help me, ma'am? I've got this idea. Just listening. That is the most important thing as, you know, an architect of society, because if you don't listen, if you do not, you know, I'm um, sure compassion, you will not be able to reach other people. On plenty of times on the show, we've had alumni of Yali and <laughs> I swear that's the biggest dream. Gareth and I were like, oh my gosh, we want to be able to do that one day in our lifetimes. Tell us what that meant to you and how that really hooked you and solidified the message and what you do and your passion for entrepreneurship. Okay, Yali. Yali, Yali, Yali. Okay, Yali is a Young African Leaders Initiative network um, that was established by President Barack Obama, where he had a vision of developing young African leaders. Okay, so I discovered the um, page on Facebook and I liked it and I went to their website and they've got free online courses that you can actually do for your own personal development. Um, they focus on areas like, you know, civic leadership, public management and entrepreneurship, as well as like, you know, um, your elections and they also also have um, virtual classrooms where you can actually, you know, do your online courses uh, on basically um, preparing for an interview, you know, um, how to pitch a business idea, etc. So I got selected this year in May to be part of the um, cohort four, which um, entails young African leaders from the SADC region. So we were selected out of a good 2,000 applicants and only 142 of us made it into the program. You know this. From all over. You know <laughs> So um, we were there in residential for about four weeks where um, we, you know, we focused on different issues and different topics. So the first week we were doing cross-cut issues um, accord according to all, uh, you know, grants, we were focusing on civic leadership and doing advocacy campaigns and coming up with business ideas and then pitching them in front of our, you know, our fellow colleagues and lecturers and, you know, investors as well. And then the second, the second and third week, we actually focused in our, you know, um, special tracks where I was under the business and entrepreneurship track. And, you know, we got intensive training mm, from mm. the different lecturers and the participants as well, because this is young African leaders, you know, people 
people that have been selected out of their African countries to come and, you know, share their journeys as well and, you know, empower us. So we learn so much from each other. And then in the last week, we actually got to pitch our business ideas and then we got feedback on them and we graduated. But ever since, you know, Yali, Yali has changed my life. Has it changed your life? For the better. Like I'm so motivated. I'm so driven. I I, I just want to do more and more. I want to share what, you know, my experience with Yali with everyone The other day I was just sharing it with my students I was saying to them You know I do the online courses And they were doing them And sending me the certificates And they're like Ma'am what a platform it is And mm, it's mm. a life changing platform And it just starts with You know Identifying what you're passionate about And harnessing on that And using that passion To actually make a difference In your community That's all it's all about I get goosebumps Colette You know when I hear stories like this But I know being an architect Of change in our society Is not an easy road Um, especially being a woman when we, not that men don't, but when we give it everything. And sometimes we're married, sometimes we've got kids. So it's that conundrum that we're dealing with, all these spaces, you know, that we're dealing with. And also we're trying to not compete with our fellow female entrepreneurs. You know, (laughs) we're trying to really uh, uh, be united in our visions and our goals. Tell us a really hard lesson that you've learned in your entrepreneurial journey for for those future CEOs out there, you know, also wanted to make a change in society and believing that social entrepreneurship may be their destiny. What hard lessons have you learned? Tell us a little bit of a story about something that really had the potential to break you down, but you're still here with us today. Well, first and foremost, I'd like to say that you cannot be a shrinking violet and be an entrepreneur. I think they are mutually exclusive. Um, there's only one way to be, uh, you know, really, really successful as an entrepreneur, and that's to really just get out there and be fearless. And I think we heard so much of that uh, during the Lionesses of Africa yeah. conference. Yes. And we also don't need to or we shouldn't be apologetic about making profit in our business, you know. Um, I also feel that, you know, we as women need to know that we are capable of so much. And we mustn't go around telling people that we have a small business. Have you ever heard a man say anything of, of, of that ilk? Never. A man will never say, I have a small business. He'll say he is growing an empire. So we need to take our lead, all I think. All the time, from... <laughs> all the time. So I think we need to stop being, you know, the shrinking violets in the background. And we need to really go out there and and present ourselves and put ourselves forward as being strong and capable. We're joined by our fourth architect of society. Welcome aboard, Romani Love. Hi, thank, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. So you know our conversation. We're talking about women being architects of society. I think you need to explain to our future CEOs community out there, why I decided that you have to be on the show today. <laughs> well, um, I'm a filmmaker and I don't think there's a easier way to change people's thoughts and values um, other than film. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so powerful. You see it for yourselves. You hear the stories that people have to say and they, you cannot interrupt the film. You can't, Correct. you can't stop the woman speaking and interject your own opinion. You can't disagree. You need to wait until the film is over and then mm. you can have an opinion on it. So for me, that is why, um, I do what I do and why I think it's so impacting. And there's so many narratives that young women, all the way up to older women, if I can, I know a lot of people don't like being called older women, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, there's just so many stories to be told intergenerationally. Now, past history there's just so much um so 
you've got your documentary called Romani Love Ladies, and it's awesome. We actually, I just missed it at the Amapico Film Fest, which is a, a social entrepreneurship festival, which gives tools to young aspirant filmmakers in um, kind of disadvantaged areas. So that happened uh, last weekend. So you've got insights in your doc, Ramon. You've got insights of eight women, and that's what I loved about it. I mean, that's why we're all here today is that I have to just repeat myself again. We're really not trying to exclude the men. (laughs) We're trying to have women inclusive in every single sphere. And I, I do a lot of sessions whereby... Women in media, women in legislation, women in entrepreneurship, whereby we really try to be unified in our search for success, mm-hmm. in our search to be mentors, mm-hmm. and in our search just to have give access to our younger ladies out there. And just tell us a little bit more about the insights of the eight women and mm-hmm. how you feel and how you feel it's so important that you're just trying to be the best version of yourself possible. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I focused on the, I think, the core issue, which is self-love and personal development. Lovely. Um, you know, it's a basis for everything you do in your life. So if, for me, it was a massive topic. I couldn't ignore it. And when I looked out there, there wasn't a lot on it. There was a lot of literature, like self-help, but it kind of missed a lot of what I wanted um, kind of growing up. And what I wanted to find out was practically how are everyday women in all walks of life um, encouraging self-love in their everyday lives. So these eight exactly women... Exactly what you were saying, Colette. Exactly what you yes. were saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so these eight women, um, the youngest was about 18. Um, her name was Jordan and she was kind of born in the UK and she's talking about how um, she really struggles with self-love because outside of her home, she's not affirmed by her community. Um, you know, she's not sort of as beautiful by the community, but also she doesn't feel that she belongs. And then I, for example interviewed an older lady who was 65 um, and she was actually born in Jamaica before coming to UK when she was older which is not a common story for um, any Caribbeans that were kind of from Jamaica and then came to UK in the Windrush time era Um, and she spoke about she had no issue with self-love because she was affirmed by her community growing up everything from her grandparents to strangers that used to say hello to in the street made her feel worthy Mm. and gave her a voice Mm. so she carried that confidence with her to this day and it was a very solid foundation mm. um, but the discussion honestly touches on everything um, relationships um, mental health um, abandonment all the things that can happen in someone's life that makes them feel less than and the kind of reoccurring, reoccurring theme shall I say was that a lot of the women learned through crisis and so it was when there was nothing left to kind of cling to or to kind of rock bottom. Exactly. Rock, rock bottom. bottom yeah. That they then thought, okay, what can I do to build myself back up? And that's kind of why I like my film. Obviously, I like my film, but there's two sides to it. It's the challenges. It's hard. It's raw. It's emotional. But then it's also the other side it's women saying okay now I completely love myself I'm not perfect but I have peace in my life even if I don't have much in my bank account which was you know for a lot of people it's success by any cost Mm. but what we're realizing is that sacrifice is too high because once they get wherever it is they want to go to they don't recognize themselves they might they're tired depression happens you know family breaks down there's there's 
there's other issues that kind of start coming up. You know, and once we don't fulfill or tick all those boxes of self-love and just um, awareness and consciousness and enlightenment, mm-hmm. um, our leadership skills will never come to pass. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing that we take up like more than half of the population of the globe, but yet we don't see or we're very rarely seen mm-hmm. at executive level. We're very rarely seen in the boardroom level. What do you have to say about that kind of inequality, Kele? Um, you know, with that inequality, I just feel like, you know what, we women need to start living up to our potential against all odds. And we should stop being put down by people, by other women and by men as well. Because the minute we allow them to put us down, we'll never get there. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll never ever harness our potential. We'll never ever live up to our potential. Look at how many women are doing so many fantastic things out there. From the woman sitting in the township right now, you know, I'm um, doing her laundry, trying to put food together for her family, to a woman sitting in a boat. Room, but then when they get home, they still do so much. So we need to start embracing our potential and our abilities, and we need to start pulling each other up. Because I just believe that if we as women do not pull each other up, and we keep keep on pulling each other down, we will never reach that. And that mm. is why we'll never ever, you know, have that equilibrium between, um, you know, making it out there, not making it. Because we need to start. Embracing ourselves We need to start collaborating We need to start loving each other And loving ourselves as well And embracing just that whole thing of You can multitask You can There's so much that you can do as a woman Mm. And a lot of men admire that But they can't live up to that Because you as a woman Have been given a very special talent by God And by You know the higher power And by the universe Utilize it Live up to it And stop putting yourselves down And stop putting each other down Ladies Not every reader is a leader But every leader is a reader Yeah Ne? Yes. yes, are we with me? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, okay, um, your favorite book for a future CEOs community out there. And remember, you know, it's any where they are at in their entrepreneurial journey. Okay, so bring it on. What is your f- most impactful book that you've read that's helped you on your journey as a filmmaker or as an entrepreneur or a legislative businesswoman? Let's start with you. Okay, um, I would say probably Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. Um, you know it. I know <laughs> that yeah. 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 It's yeah. a good yeah. It's a great book. And, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's all about just not being, not being the woman in the background. You know, we have, we have to stop doing that to ourselves. And, you know, just a, a very quick, quite a humorous story, really, yes. from the boardroom. So I've got a, uh-huh. a, a male, um, special, uh, specialist business coach and he helps me so much in my business. So we've, we've been to many meetings together and in the early days, it was not unlike me to, you know, to be a person in the meeting and his equal in the meeting with whoever we were with. But I would be the one to get up and pour the tea and coffee and say, oh no, well, I'll take the notes. And mm. I was doing it from a, point of view of wanting to be helpful I know. and wanting to be nurturing and you know I and know. be nice to everyone else in the room and it was only when we came out of that meeting that he pulled me aside and he said you know I need to explain something to you if you do that kind of thing people are always going to see you as the assistant or the PA or whatever it is correct and he wanted me in you know, meetings, sitting next to him to be an equal partner Correct. in our business. So that was a very, Love very that. hard learning Love um, that. thing for me because 
you know, it, it is our, in our nature, I think, as women to be nurturers. I know. So it's hard for I, us to just sit there and not offer to do what needs to be done. Or make people feel good about themselves or make people happy. Yeah. Favorite book, Kelly? Okay, my to favorite book. To our future book, CEO's community. Um, I have to say, it's Raymond Ackerman's Hearing Grasshopper's Jump. Yeah. I read that book when I, I was still in my teens and that book changed my perspective on life, on business and just on, on myself as well because I never thought that I would end up be where, where I am right now. But I looked at that man's principles and how he runs his, you know, businesses. Look at pick and pay. Look at arguments, and see how much you know um, work these people are doing. So that book for me, for any young entrepreneur, if you want to go back to basics, just read that book. Remind me, favorite book? Yeah. So um, I'd say I've got two. But I'll be really quick. Yeah. Um, first one is Bell Hooks, Sisters of the Yam. Um, she's an American feminist writer. So really. So some people would seem extreme, but to me, it was like she basically broke down every issue I ever had. Um, and I felt great comfort in reading about myself mm. and understanding why I felt the way I felt. Mm. So Bell Hooks, Sisters of the Am, it's a book I always recommend to anyone. And secondly, um, it's actually not a book, but it's a podcast. It's by a woman called Miley Cotille. Okay, She's the owner of Curlbox. She's American, but she has a kick-ass podcast okay um she's a business woman super super successful but she's so real and very succinct so she gives great business advice through going through the dynamics of the workplace to managing your own business to finance but she just does it in a very humorous real relatable way Ladies, we're about to wrap up and I hate it. I wanted you for a full hour. Next time I book you for a full hour, half an hour is just too quick. (laughs) I think let's sum it up. Okay. I want you to give like, you know, 10 seconds of yourself to a woman future CEO out there who really truly believes her vision of being an architect of the South African and African society. What would you say to her, Colette? I would say to her that she needs to uh, surround herself with like-minded people Mm. and she needs to stay away from the naysayers. You know, the people that sort of say, oh, you know, for goodness sake, just, you know, just stay where you are. You know, you've got a good job. Don't worry about doing anything else. You know, those people might not necessarily mean, um, you know, to be negative in our lives, but we need to run screaming when we hear that kind of stuff. Okay. Okay. um, My... You know, 10 seconds to her would be, you know, don't conform yeah. and, you know, break mediocrity and um, believe in yourself and live up to your potential. Let your story and let whatever it is, challenge, whatever challenges that you're going through or whatever opportunities that you're going through, let them define your journey and your story, because that is exactly what's going to put you at ease at, in, at the end of the day. And everybody has a story to tell. So don't look down on your story. Don't look down on where you mm. are right now. Utilize that and let it uplift other lives, because you never know how much you can change a life with just one story. Amen. Yeah, very similar to what you said. Um, You know, I made one film in the UK and now I'm in South Africa showing women my film. Like that alone shows I made this with no, I had no camera, no laptop, never touched media. So one idea, Mm. I am an example of where that can take you. Mm. And another piece of advice when the women said in the film was don't stop, go over. Wow. Love go that. over so god knows what's gonna be over there you could drop on your face break crick, crack but she just says don't stop go over and i think that's just sums up for me 
women of the generations have achieved many great milestones, but more needs to be done. And it will be the future CEO's community that will provide the leadership we need to secure meaningful equality for the future. Yes? Yes. <laughs> thank you so much, my sisters, Romani, Gele, Colette. Thank you so much. Next time, I am definitely going to book you for an hour. Thank you so much for spending time out of your pretty hectic schedules to come empower and motivate and inspire our future CEOs community. Thank, Thank you, you so much for inviting us. Me. Okay, in our next half hour, we'll have our Leader X, which was me and Gareth's kind of show pony of an experience where we spoke about what makes a company great to work for. This um, advancement masterclass is powered by Careers24. Listen up and tune in again, future CEOs. Future CEOs on cliffcentral.com. Cliffcentral.com